Ladies and gentlemen, it was a night forever etched in history. NXT TakeOver Portland happened last night. You know the name, you know the voice, you know exactly why I'm here. Just in case if you don't, I'm a 24-year-old piece of gold, the messiah of the microphone, the greatest sports recreational podcast in the world today, the Pod Father. Yeah, man, uh, NXT TakeOver Portland, I, I had all the feels last night. It, it, was, it, was, it was a good weekend for your boy overall. Saturday afternoon, I got to record uh, with Baby Huey and Bimbo Jimbo of In The Click. Go check out my appearance on that. I put over my tag team partner, the Jimmy to my J, the Toe Mar, and the Stevie Ray to my Booker T. He's the host and creator of the award-winning Under the Raider, host and creator of Curveballs and Chair Shots. Ladies and gentlemen, the Canadian Destroyer, BT, Brandon Tan Guma. Brandon, how you doing today, buddy? You know, Philip, I'm doing just fine. I think this might be the first time ever we've recorded together on a Monday. Maybe even been together on a Monday since back in the day we went to school together. Yes, back in those Chicago, uh, Chabot College days. Almost said Chicago. Jesus. Yeah, man. Uh, check out my my appearance on In the Click, Jimbo and uh, Huey, good buddies of mine, friends of the BC, and yeah, I I discuss how we how we met in our origins of becoming podcast buddies, man. It's beautiful, you know. I actually listened to it, and you know, you, you were okay, but I, I would have been so much better. I, I, I was, I, I, I was I okay. I didn't get an invite. I, you know, I'm a little jelly. I'm just saying. You know, it's okay. Jimbo will he he wants to come on the BC, and then all four of us, you, me, Jimbo, and Huey, we will all sit down together in their downtown studios in San Francisco because it sounds a hell of a lot better than this. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But Brandon, I haven't I haven't spoken to you since uh your uh, your big sunny kiss slip up on Thursday. I mean, was it really a slip up? I mean, it was an accident, and you know I'm still alive and able to go on the internet, so I think I'm I'm still okay. Yes, I I think that's my favorite episode I've ever named. Brandon's sunny kiss of death. Love everything about it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're here to talk about NXT Takeover Portland. Um, I am not a regular connoisseur of NXT. Dynamite has me on Wednesday nights, but I watch takeovers, and goddammit, this was good. So we open up with the North American Championship. Bask in his glory. Keith Lee defends against Dominic Dijakovic in an incredible opening opening bout. Cruiserweight-style maneuvers from a guy that's 270 and another guy that's like 320. There were Fosbury flops, Avalanche Spanish flies, Topake on helos. I mean... Dijakovic went for the Fosbury flop. You know, I'm a big, I'm a, I'm a big mark for a Fosbury flop. And then he gets caught in a power bomb position by Keith Lee. All in all, Keith Lee is victorious. Successfully retains the NXT North American Championship. It got an A from me. It did. Brandon, what are your thoughts on this unbelievable opening contest last night? I thought this match was really good. I kind of said on the podcast that this is probably what it was going to be. Unfortunately, the Bullet Cast title was not on the line because I do believe I got every single pick right on this show. Of course, when the title's on the line, I actually do really good. But that's besides the point. This match was fantastic. I, a little slow at times, as I said. I thought it was going to be a little spotty, and it was. It was kind of like, you know, do the big spot, sell for a little bit. Just kind of go a little slow, then work and go to the next spot. But that being said, it was this is probably the best place for it to be in the opener. The crowd was hot. They wanted to see some stuff. And uh, with all the other good stuff on the show, I think uh, the crowd might have been dead either for this match or maybe after this match because this, this took a lot out of them. No, it, it did. It did. Um, but the match, that, the match that came after, it didn't live up to... 
the the hype that I had set for it. I thought, oh, it's going to be probably a C, a C match. I gave it a B, I'm not going to lie. We have Dakota Kai going up against Tegan Knox in a street fight, in a Portland street fight. Um, Tegan Knox was re-injured by Dakota Kai, and then so, you know, Knox needed that revenge, and they came out hot right out of the gate. I mean, there were chair, they're not chair shots, but they were, they were head shots with trash can bins, and this, this was a pretty brutal match for the level of competitors that these women are. I was, I was really shocked. I was surprised. All in all, um, what's her name? Jesus, Jesus. Raquel Gonzalez makes a run in, I, I guess she was in the Mae Young Classic, and, uh, she knock, she hits Tegan Knox as she's on the top rope, ready to jump onto Kodakai, who's uh, laid out on a table. And then Knox takes the... She doesn't even really take a table bump. Like, the table didn't even break. She, like, smacked her head on it. And Dakota Kai gets the 1-2-3. Kai victorious over Knox in Portland. Yeah, I, I thought maybe Dakota Kai was going to win straight up, but... We get some nefarious means, so then that sets up them two being in some sort of little group or whatever. Dakota Kai didn't seem as though she was behind it, but she's a heel, so you never know. We're going to get some storylines with that going forward. As I said, I thought Dakota was going to win because she's, I mean, I'm high on her, and I think the women's division needs some heels at the moment to face Rhea Ripley or whoever is going to face for that NXT championship coming out of WrestleMania, which we will talk about in a little bit. But uh, I thought this was a really good match. I didn't really have any expectations because I just didn't really know what to expect. We've never seen, as Morrow said, a woman's street fight in NXT. So uh, we didn't know if they were going to go balls to the wall, if it was going to be crazy. And I think they they didn't go super crazy, but I thought they did enough hard-hitting stuff. And uh, in the business, normally people say when you're working with your friends – you, you're being able to be a little stiffer with them because you know they're not going to take it personally and get all mad at you. So both these women definitely laid it in. I think I forgot who it was, but somebody hit the other with a trash can lid right on the dome, and it it sounded great and it looked very very hurtful, very bad. Do you think New Jack would be proud of this uh, of this street fight? I think New Jack would be proud of this street fight. Apparently, New Jack big fan of the Bullet Cast. Yep, follows the Bullet Cast, and he follows me on my personal now. So you know. New Jack, a personal friend of mine and new friend of the BC. Shout out to you, boy. All right, Johnny Gargano, Johnny Takeover takes a big L to the Prince Finn Balor. I mean, these guys were proving to be each other's equals in the early going. Gargano hitting a big, a big first spot, sliding himself over the top rope and spearing Balor onto the ring apron. It was, it was hard hitting. You know, Finn. I love the spot of Finn running across the uh, announce tables and hitting that shotgun drop kick onto Johnny Takeover. All in all, coup de gras, 1916, gets the job done. I gave this an A. It was phenomenal. This was the match I was most looking forward to uh, TakeOver weekend. And I'm not going to lie, I do think uh, Dijakovic and Lee was slightly better. I gave that one an A+. Uh, Gargano and Balor, I just gave it a nice a nice little soft, hard A. It was great. It was phenomenal. And uh, I, 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 I want to see these guys do, do this again. Do it, do it soon. Maybe on a... Uh, episode of regular NXT TV for a blockbuster main event, you know? I gotta disagree with you a little bit, Philip. I thought that this was the best match of the show up until this point. I really enjoyed it. I thought the psychology and the storytelling involved, as well as the athleticism, was better than... I think just because it, I thought it told a better story than Keith Lee and Dijakovic in the opener is what put it over the top for me in terms of those two matches, but I kind of tempered 
my expectations for this match because I know a lot of people like you were going in thinking that this was going to be the best match ever. It wasn't. I thought it was really good. If we're gonna, if I'll give it stars, I think I'd give it like four and a half, maybe four and a quarter. I thought it was a really, really good match, and it made sense to put Finn Balor over. He is kind of reestablishing himself in this new gimmick. I think Johnny could eat this loss, and as we see at the end of the show, it seems as though Johnny's going to go in a different direction. So it seems as though because of everything that happened, that this feud is over. So I don't exactly know where Finn Balor goes from here. But uh, I think maybe he slides into that title picture, but maybe we'll talk about that later in the main event. Absolutely. Um, we don't give star grades on, on this show. We give letter grades. What's, what, what are we doing? Well, you know, this used to be my show, Philip, where I would do the NXT post shows and I would give out star ratings. But, you know, you, you, had, you just had to take my gimmick and you, you, know, you had to take over. It's whatever. It's fine. I, I know. Take over. Get it? <laughs> so no, no letter? No, really? You're not doing that? Sticking to your guns? Yeah, sticking to my guns. All right, all right. I, I get it. This is your brutality. Speaking of brutality, the woman that ensues brutality over NXT's women's division, Rhea Ripley, retained her NXT Women's Championship. She defeated the EST of NXT, the fresh princess of Bel Air, Bianca Bel Air. This was very good. I, mean, I, I gave it a B plus. It was nice. There were there were some uh, spots where I'm like, ooh, wow, like Ripley hitting an electric chair front uh, front slam early on in the match. Bianca Belair bouncing right back with a spine buster for a nice two count. All in all, Ripley wins. She retains, and the Queen Charlotte Flair makes a run in. Says she thought about it, and she will see Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania. The NXT Women's Title is on the line for the first time ever on the grandest stage of them all. Ripley versus Flair. And it's going to be a good one. Yes, so as she said, she said WrestleMania. There's the graphic on the Instagram that I've seen that this match seemingly is going to take place at WrestleMania, which is something we kind of debated back and forth. And I think it's a good move. I think with the matches seemingly lined up for TakeOver that there's enough grudge matches as well as the other title matches that they don't need this match on the show. So I thought... Uh, I'm excited to see what these two women can do. I don't know what this means. Does Charlotte win and she goes down to NXT because she's pretty much done everything in WWE. So everything's just kind of a retread. So if she goes down to NXT as a heel, she could, you know, have really good matches with Tegan Knox, Rhea Ripley, maybe Bianca Belair turns face officially. Candice LeRae. There's a lot of good women down in NXT that I think Charlotte could feud with. And, you know, she's a big star. As much as I, I, I kind of bury her a little bit on the podcast, I understand that she is one of the bigger names in women's wrestling. So uh, that should be exciting. The match itself, I thought it was really good. I thought this this was probably the best match that either of these women have had outside of a Shayna Baszler match. So I would, I mean, I would maybe give it like three and that, you know, three and three quarter, maybe four stars. I thought it was really, really good throughout the finishing sequence I thought it was a little anticlimactic. It kind of came out of nowhere, and I feel like it had the crescendo that I was really looking for. But uh, that, that's uh, if it was a real sport, sometimes you don't hit a crescendo. It just kind of comes out of nowhere, and I thought it, this was a, a really good match. Okay, okay, I see you. And oh, oh I don't even want to talk about this next one. <sighs> the Undisputed Era consisting of Kyle O'Reilly and... Uh, Bobby Fish lost the NXT Tag Team Championships to Pete Dunne. I love Pete Dunne. Love Peter. He's great. But his partner is Matt Riddle. 
The Broserweights are the new NXT Tag Team Champions. And let me tell you, that that Bobby Fish thing to, to, before they even started the match, that is one of the dumbest things I have ever seen in my entire life. It's dumber than Kenny Omega's uh, bang or whatever the hell he does, goodbye, goodnight, all that other crap. It, it This was worse than Bailey. This is your life. This is literally one of the worst segments I've ever seen on wrestling. P- Peter Dunn is better than this. Well, the worst segment in wrestling history. That's that's a pretty pretty high bar. I don't know if it's uh it was that bad, but I will agree with you, Philip, on burying Matt Riddle for a second that I really don't like this gimmick of the Bobby Fish frying fish stuff that he's been doing and then they had the T shirts, they had the logo on the Tron, they had the sing along Sesame Street style. I I didn't like any of it. As I've been kind of saying the past few weeks and months that I'm not a fan of Matt Riddle really leaning into his real weird quirky stoner persona that he's been doing that being said it is kind of getting over with the crowd i it's almost kind of like kurt angle where it's like he can be funny and hilarious but just because he can't do that doesn't mean he should do that he should just be the ass kicking you know he can be the ass kicking laid back surfer dude but he doesn't need to go too over the top like he did in the show did you just compare an Olympic gold medalist, a WWE Hall of Famer, to a white hick stoner? Well, I'm just saying that Kurt Angle, early in his career, he was doing a lot of comedy stuff, and that maybe affected his overall drawing power later on. You know what, man? I'm going to be honest with you. Athletic stoner, I've seen that already. I've met him, RVD, Rob Van Dam, the whole effing show. Come up with something different, bro. It's like he really just took RVD... And and uh and uh Vince Russo, bro, and just put it together. That's not gonna get you over. I'm a real fan. I I see I see right between these the his hazy lines. You know, I don't like any of it. I'm disgusted. Anyway, overall, if Matt Riddle wasn't in this match, I would have given it an A. I will give it a C plus. Um, I I guess Brandon was right about the undisputed era slowly losing their grasp on NXT and how the, uh, the UE lost the tag team titles. Uh, it, w- it was cool, man. I mean, there, there was jackhammers and terrible spears by Matt Riddle. Uh, Pete Dunne breaking fingers and biting fingers. All in all, the Broserweights are the new tag team champions of NXT. Overall, I thought this was a really good match. I, if, I think I, I don't know, maybe I would say this was the best match. Of the night, I thought because there wasn't a lot of shenanigans involved that I really, really enjoyed this. I think I'd give it four and a half stars. I thought this match was really great. I I had high expectations going in, and they definitely met and possibly even exceeded those expectations. Good back and forth action. I love Kyle O'Reilly. I think Kyle O'Reilly, hot take, might be the best person in Undisputed Era. I'm just saying. But uh, Pete Dunne and Matt Riddle get the tag team titles. I don't know what this means for our Undisputed Era going forward. If it is what I kind of predicted, that they're going to maybe fall apart at the seams, and Adam Cole is going to be like the true leader and just kind of burying everybody because they don't have the titles anymore. But I think in the long haul, we are going to get Pete Dunne being sick and tired of Matt Riddle's shtick, just like Philip is, and he turns on him, and Philip will be the biggest Pete Dunne fan in the world. I I mean, I'm I'm, I'm a pretty big Peter Dunne fan, but if, if he does, just like... Wise up, I will be I'll be amazed by all of it, all of it. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, it was the main event of NXT Takeover Portland. Adam Cole Bay Bay successfully retained 
the NXT Championship going up against Tommaso Ciampa. Ciampa was unsuccessful in uh, retrieving Goldie. I'm sorry, you know, Daddy's going to have to find a new toy. Uh, this match really did start slow with Cole and, Gr and uh, Gr Ciampa feeling each other out. But business did pick up outside of the ring as Ciampa placed Cole on a steel chair next to the timekeeper and ran at him with a loud knee slap to the jaw. Knee strike to the jaw. It was, it was, it was really good, man. But the, 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 uh, the coup de grace, if you will, of the match, you know, Ciampa's kicking out of the last shot. He's taking out the whole UE with a, with a tope plancha over the rope. He has the NXT title in his hands. And Gargano comes out there. He's like, no, you're better than that. Gargano takes the title and just smacks Ciampa right in, on, on the head with it. Right on his bald dome. Which allows Adam Cole to get the 1-2-3. Adam Cole successfully retains the NXT title. And then we have a new chapter in Gargano versus Ciampa. I love it. I feel as though I'm not giving adequate uh, opinions on the show because I keep saying that this match was really good. This match was really good. This is what happens on NXT TakeOvers. All the matches usually are in the three and a half plus star ratings, or maybe for Philip, you know, B minus and above ratings. But uh, this match was great. As you said, it kind of started off slow. So I kind of took a little bit of points off of that just because, you know, I'm the big New Japan guy, so this kind of happens a lot. But I just feel like NXT kind of does it for the sake of being long. And I don't know if it, you know, I love NXT, but I just don't think, you know, it crescendos maybe as well. Sometimes, I mean, I did like the Gargano-Cole match last year. I thought that was the best match of the show. So it works uh, many, many times. I thought that they might have went a little bit too long in this one, but I did like the story that they told throughout Ciampa. He basically said, you know, you're going to have to kill me to pin me. And that's pretty much what happened. I thought possibly i i had a feeling that the next chapter in this storyline was going to be champa as a babyface going up against gargano as a heel but i thought it was going to be maybe after champa wins the title and gargano goes heel but it seems though champa is going to be a little sidetracked for goldie he's going to go and face gargano at wrestlemania i don't know where that leaves adam cole the person i was thinking is maybe you just do the thing with Finn Balor. Finn Balor is technically a heel, but he's just so over with the crowd that that could be an absolute fantastic main event. Maybe Ciampa puts off Gargano for a little bit, and then he goes after Goldie at WrestleMania. So I think you can go a little bit of different ways here. Uh, it's up in the air, but that's what I love about NXT. You know, it's very, uh, it's easy to predict at times, as I predicted every single match correctly on this show, but sometimes you don't know where it's going, and that's what makes it very intriguing. That that is that is there are there are a couple options you could do. Um, I I I would like to see Finn Balor versus Adam Cole for the NXT title because I think Adam Cole I think officially he is the longest reigning NXT champion of all time. And then Finn he he held that moniker for so many years and he's hurt that it's gone. So he wants that back. He wants the title back, but he can't take on four guys by himself. So he needs a heavy. Perfect way to debut Killer Cross. Perfect way to debut him. Let him be the henchman to the prince. And then we, we have another story being told. Two former Bullet Club leaders. Uh, Finn le was the originator of the Bullet Club. He led the Japan side. And then Adam Cole was kind of the pseudo-American side leader of the Bullet Club. And he was running wild as Ring of Honor champion back in those days. So you have that story told. Or, you know, let's say Adam Cole does run down the other members of the Undisputed Era. I'd say Roddy might actually stick by him because he has this thing with the dream. Let's say O'Reilly and Fish are kind of fed up with him. And they go join... 
of Finn Balor, and he has his own little Balor club running wild down at NXT. Fantasy book in the damn territory, but the point is, there's a lot that you can really do with this story, and I'm very, very excited to see Adam Cole versus Finn Balor for the NXT Championship. I mean, that title is really just, it's become one of the more prestigious ones in professional wrestling, dating back to when Seth beat Jinder Ford all those years ago in Full Sail in 2012, and all the other stuff that's gone on with it. I mean, this title is really, it, it does have a big match feel, what's really missing from professional wrestling, and I know anytime the NXT title is on the line, it's a big match feel, it's a big fight feel, and I'm going to be satisfied. And by the time we get to WrestleMania TakeOver, I believe Adam Cole would have broken Finn Balor's record for longest reigning NXT champion. So that can be a little wrinkle in the uh, storyline. I don't know exactly how the timetable breaks down. So maybe Finn challenge. I, I don't think they're going to do this, but like have Finn challenge Adam Cole on a regular NXT show. But if it was me, I think I would just go back to Ciampa and Cole and have Gargano be just like a, a like a Weasley heel and not want to face Ciampa because he knows what Ciampa can do to him because he's done it many, many times before. And I think you can hold off on that for a little bit later, but my my inkling is they're just going to go straight to this and the blow-off, you know, they kill each other and it's finally over. I don't want to them to do like the finish where they kill each other and then in the end they're friends again i think gargano turning heel he's gone back and forth so many times in the past year that i think you need to keep him as a heel and you know keep him in this gimmick going forward for at least a year or two no no i, I completely agree you know and um i i, I don't know it's gonna be an interesting story you know like gargano or champa had the neck brace on and he walked out and was hugging gargano when he won the nxt title and, you know, we have that footage to play off of and all that other, all the DIY footage and all that other stuff. So I think it is going to be very interesting. I can't, I can't wait for NXT to find out why did Johnny do this, you know? Like, I, I thought they were cool, but then again, you never forget what a man does to you or your family. So that's, that, that's an interesting element that's going to be playing up there. Uh, do, you have, do you have any other takeaways from NXT TakeOver, Portland? Uh, what, one quick thing on Johnny Gargano, I think, that NXT could maybe possibly do Johnny Gargano's heel turn like what Bailey's heel turn should have been where Johnny Gargano was the whole he still believes he's a babyface because in his mind Ciampa is still this terrible person that's done all these terrible dastardly things to him so I think possibly you can draw some parallels between Gargano and Bailey yes Gargano wasn't the clean-cut babyface like Bailey was for so long but I would really like to see what they do with Gargano as a heel the show overall, you know, really, really good, fantastic. I would maybe, if we're gonna go, I'll give the show a grade, Philip. I think I'll give it an, an A, maybe a little bit, maybe an A minus, just because they didn't have like that blow away match of the year. This was the best thing I've ever seen, and that's not a knock on NXT. It's just all the other shows in NXT at, up until this point. There's never been a bad takeover. It's just the bar set so hard high that it's kind of hard to really determine the differentiation between a, a really good show and an all-time great show. And I think this one maybe is like in that second tier tour. It was a really damn good show, but it just didn't hit that next level where there was that takeaway, blow-away match. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, takeover, just it, it hits you in the field spot every single goddamn time. I will just give this show an A. It was very, very, very good, but it wasn't all-time great like you said. Um, yeah, man, so this, this was good. Trips is, Trips is so good at this, man. Just booking up the damn territory. I know the day will come, and let's knock on a whole bunch of wood here. You know, the day will come where VKM will no longer be with us, and if, if, if Raw and SmackDown are ending up like this, 
on a weekly basis, we'll we'll be fine, man. You know the business. Let, let, let's be honest. Vince McMahon is gonna be his head's gonna be in a pickle jar. Futurama star. I hope drama style. I I I hope it is, man. I, I want Vince McMahon to live forever. You know he's the man. You know he's dominated this this world for so long. He's the greatest promoter of all time. Any sport, I'll ar- I'll argue that. I really will. He's he's the greatest creator ever. You know, you, people talk about Disney. You talk about a Stanley. You even talk about a Dr. Seuss. But I, I I throw Vince McMahon in that category. I really do. Well, I guess that will do it for our NXT Takeover Portland recap. Thank you so much. Uh, really, go check out my uh, appearance on In the Click with Baby Huey and Bimbo Jimbo. It was awesome. I love those guys to death. Uh, next month, we have three interviews coming up. A, a current NWA a wrestler and a former WWE superstar coming on the show next month. I'm really excited for all of that. Go listen to Brandon's of uh, Curveballs and Chair Shots podcast. He and Dominic do really good work. Tell Dominic I put him the hell over. Uh, whenever Brandon does another Under the Radar, you can listen to that. Whenever I do another Black Power ranking, you can listen to that. Bulletcast this Thursday. You don't want to miss it. Uh, we're on the fast road to AEW Revolution. Can Lay Champion uh, successfully defeat Moxley at that pay-per-view and retain his title? We don't know. You don't want to miss it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we will talk to you Thursday. Goodbye. Thank you, Kathy Kelly. This has been the Bullet Cast. Thank you for listening.